Hi, this is Pastor Wilson with Renew Church OC. Thanks for joining our podcast. We're walking through the book of Luke, thinking about what it means to follow Jesus, to see the world the way he does, and to integrate his patterns into our life. I hope you enjoyed the sermon today. I also wanted to point you to the description section where you can find the church's website. We would love for you to visit our church and consider investing in our ministry. There's two other links. One is a podcast that I do with a therapist at Renew Church, and we kick around issues like dating, mental health, and friendships. And lastly, there's a children's book series and a journal that I wrote with my wife and my mentor, and we'd love for you to look at those resources as well. Thank you so much for being a part of the Renew Church family, and I hope that you enjoy the sermon today. God bless. I had the, a really fun view of seeing the kids waving at you guys and all of you guys waving back. <laughs> very, very sweet. Um, I wanted to reiterate really quick something that Pastor Dave just shared about the moment that we got to experience together. Baby dedications on Mother's Day is really cool. Uh, not only do we get to experience mothers and fathers bringing their children up and saying, we want to commit um, to raising our kids in a home that loves and follows Jesus. But they chose to do it publicly um, on purpose because there's a role for all of us, uh, not just that we would be public witnesses and holding them accountable, but that we too are making a commitment to them, that we would say we are the church and we are your extended family and we are committing alongside you uh, to love and nurture and bring up these kids in a family that loves and follows Jesus as aunties and uncles, like Pastor Dave said, as uh, volunteers in children's ministry, as youth leaders, as prayer warriors, as role models and cheerleaders. And um, I've experienced so much of that here at Renew uh, for my own children and for myself. And I just love the picture that that offers us. And so as we think about Mother's Day and these baby baby dedications and some of the hard things even that I shared earlier, um, I want to invite us to zoom out a little bit and expand our view of what it means to celebrate mothers today and to celebrate motherhood. I want us to expand our word of mother beyond the title or role of mom or mother and think of it as a verb to mother. And it really is a verb. I looked it up and the internet told me that to mother means to bring up a child with care and affection, which is something that we can all do, male or female, mother or not alike, and that we all have been on the receiving end, most likely, at one point or another. I was thinking about this recently when I was doing the daily devotion that we do as a church together. Um, right now we're in Ruth. You can go to renewchurchoc.com to sign up for that. Uh, but a couple weeks ago we just finished up the book of Romans. And in the last chapter of Romans, chapter 16, um, it finishes up like a lot of Paul's letters finish up, where he's kind of making remarks. He's saying, say hi to so-and-so, thanks to so-and-so, my regards to this person. And it's the kind of chapter or section that I usually just like, da -da 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 -da, you know, like breeze past, let's get, let's get to a better part. Um, but this time when I was reading verse 13 um, stood out to me and I'll read it to you. In chapter 16 of Romans, verse 13 says, greet Rufus, 
cool name, uh, chosen in the Lord and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. And I just loved that. I loved that Paul was mothered by someone who wasn't his own mom, and it benefited his life and ministry so much that he mentions her here. And I was just kind of imagining what that might have looked like for Rufus's mom. Uh, maybe she saw that Paul had needs, and he, she just checked in on him. Maybe offered a place um, to stay for the night. Maybe she offered a meal. Maybe she um, was checking in on him with motherly concern. Um, maybe she wanted to make sure that he wasn't pushing himself too far. Maybe she had the wisdom and encouragement that he needed just at the right time. So when I was reading this passage, I asked myself, in what ways are there people around me needing and desiring to be mothered um, that I can uniquely step in? How can I nurture and comfort and care for those around me, even outside of my title as mom to my kids, Lucy and Lincoln? And so I wanted us all to kind of think and share about that right now. So if you've been around Renew for a little bit, you know that it is renew culture, tradition, value to break up during our service a couple times and turn to those of us, uh, the people around you, and share. And so I have a couple questions, and you can kind of pick which one that you would like to share. Um, but in reflecting on motherhood, one is just to share maybe a favorite memory with mom, uh, something to share that comes to mind on this Mother's Day. Or also, if there is or has been someone in your life that has been like a mom to you, that has been like Rufus's mom that has mothered you too. And so we'll take five minutes and we'll share with those around us um, and then I'll bring us back in just a little bit. Okay, thanks. Thank you so much for taking time um, to do that. I know that sometimes it can feel like a stretch to share part of your story with like, hello, stranger. Um, but it can be a really sweet way for us to encourage each other and connect with each other and to make church less of a consumer experience and more of a family reunion. And so we're grateful for you guys sharing your stories and even some that um, potentially were um, kind of hard or painful and that we can carry those together. So as I told you, after reading this passage, I was... Um, kind of reflecting and looking back on opportunities that I feel like God has brought me um, to mother those that aren't my own children and maybe even to be mothered. And one memory that comes to mind is uh, my husband and I worked with a ministry with student athletes for a while and we used to host a dinner every week for student athletes coming over to our house. Yeah. And, uh, and every week, uh, Irie would come in my door and she'd say, hey mama, thanks for having me over, what's for dinner? And um, she called Jonathan Pops, and I just love that. Every week, she'd just say, hey, Mama, what's for dinner? And so I think just having a home to walk into and a meal to share with her friends, I got to be a mom to her. I think about my daughter, Lucy, and uh, some of her friends calling her mom. And uh, they call her mom maybe when she's kind of being law enforcement and telling them to follow certain rules. Or uh, she's the friend that always seems to have the thing they need at the right time. Like her backpack is the mom purse of the bunch. Um, I think about different former students I've worked with or friends or people in this very family and church that have been um, 
babysitters and bonus moms and dads to my kids when I've needed it the most. Um, other adults that they've looked up to that have parented them in ways uh, that they needed in just the right moment. And I also think about um, a friend of mine who is not a mom in her own life, but has really, in this season especially, checked on me often with uh, checking in on my marriage, checking in on my relationship with my kids, checking in on the family schedule and the recent stresses, and she has mothered me in that way. And um, I think especially about my um, role in as Lincoln's mom. My son Lincoln is six. And I do not have the role of mom in his life because I gave birth to him. As many of you know, I didn't. And um, I'm Lincoln's mom because there was a need for a mom in his life. And I made a commitment to his birth mom and to the state of California and ultimately to the Lord that I would love and nurture and parent Lincoln. And every Mother's Day, I think about his birthday, which is in June. And, um, and I think about this moment. It's an actual photo I have. Um, it's a selfie, um, or no, someone took a picture of Lincoln um, on my chest in the delivery room, which was very unique and special that I got to experience that. And I am smiling, and I'm not looking at Lincoln. I'm looking off in this direction, and I'm looking at Caitlin, his birth mom, and she is in the uh, delivery bed. And um, I'm smiling at Caitlin, and there's another woman right beside her holding her hand, her mom, who actually did not give birth to Caitlin either. It's her adoptive mom. And so I was just thinking about this community of motherhood that I experienced in that room. Um, a woman who, through difficulty and sacrifice, um, was placing her baby for adoption. And the two moms in the room that were adoptive moms, her own mom and me, and just all of us together really committing and caring for this young boy. Um, that we would love and raise in unique ways together. And so um, it's a special memory, and her and I were even texting this morning remembering that time. And, you know, I think that adoption really is a very cool <laughs> picture of um, unique ways that we get to mother. Um, but you know that there's, there's still tension in that. After that beautiful moment, there was a year and a half where Lincoln didn't share our last name, and we had social workers checking in on us to make sure that we were, you know, following the rules and doing things right. Um, and there's a lot of waiting and messiness, and lines kind of aren't clear sometimes when we mother. Um, but I shared that story in particular. Um, adoption is a really cool picture of the ways that we get to step into motherhood that we weren't necessarily biologically connected to. But I think that there are so many opportunities like that for the church. And Wilson's actually going to share a couple specific ones, um, ways that as a church, we function as family, um, to mother each other, to be mothered, to be big brothers and big sisters. So he'll share a little bit more. Yeah. There we go. All right, thanks so much, Kristen. Thank you so much for your story, uh, for sharing that with us and letting us in. When she talked about opening up this idea of family, we see Jesus do this in really powerful ways. 
So the first verse I have for you is from Matthew chapter 48. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are outside um, wanting to speak to you. And they wanted to speak to Jesus because they were trying to bring him back to his hometown. They felt like he and his ministry had gone um, array. And he replied to him, who is my mother, who is my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whom does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And here in a massive nuclear way, Jesus explodes the definition of family well beyond our household, well beyond the four or five of us, mother, father, and kids. He says that motherhood and fatherhood, sisterhood, is, is what defined, is defined by those who do God's will, who come together in faith, having God as their father. And then we look at James chapter, or sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 1 as well. Paul is mentoring Timothy as a young pastor. And even in his language of what church is, he would often use the Greek word oikos, which means family. That the very definition of church is being a household, a family of God. And then he exhorts Timothy to reside in his family, in his gender, and in his life stage. He says, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he was your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with absolute purity. There's this call to Timothy in his life stage, in his gender, to be family to the church around him. And I wonder if that's primarily how we see church. If it's us being a part of each other's lives the way we are a part of the life of our family. Or whether, you know, it's easy to go to church and see it as a show and want to watch the best show in town, the best speaker, the best worship team. And after the show's over, we're trying to get out of the parking lot so we're not stuck there. Um, I think about people who see church as a social club. How many people are between uh, 28 to 32 who are women, enjoy hiking, love food, and can do Bible study at 10.30 in the morning, right? So it's like that really small segment of church that I'm looking for. And when we see church as just a place to build friends for us, we kind of look up and down. And the people younger than us are annoying and unrelatable, right? The people older than us uh, are irrelevant. They're already married. I'm looking to date. And so we're just hyper-focused on our life stage but what happens when church is truly family? When, we, when we're not looking for this small sliver of people that are similar to me and that I want to be friends with. But God brings us together to be a family in him. I think about my mom. She immigrated from Taiwan to the U.S. at 20 years old. Right? She wasn't young enough. She wasn't old enough to drink. At the airport in Taipei, her mom handed her money um, to live for a year. So when you went from Taiwan to America at the time, you had to buy your plane ticket, of course, but you had to have a sum of money in order to not be a liability to the country that you were going to, to the U.S. And she said to my mom, if you squeeze this money hard enough, blood will drip out. Because of the decades of work it took for her to save up this money for my mom to come to U.S. and immigrate over. And I think about what it meant for my mom to be dropped in America at that time where calling home for three minutes was a day's wages. 
You worked for a day to talk to your mom for three minutes. So no one called back. Obviously, you couldn't FaceTime. And there was only enough money to get you here. There was a full disconnect between your nuclear family, your neighbors, the friends you grew up with, your aunties and uncles, and you being a totally different part of the world. And she had to survive like that. She told me she would look up every word in the lecture in the dictionary because she didn't know it. She was fully unaccustomed to the culture. But it's when she came to California, she explored uh, Christianity, and she found a small Chinese church with a few dozen people, which grew to a few hundred. And that's the church I grew up in. We, we call it GCCI, Great Commission Church International. I met Ernest there when, uh, when he was born, right? So we basically grew up together. I remember Ben from elementary school. Mark and Hiroko were there. And, um, and that really became like all these Chinese people from a different country finding family again. That they, they were adopted into families of uncles and aunties, grandmas and grandpas. They took care of the kids like they were their own. And we, as a younger generation, would call everyone my parents' age uncle and auntie. That was like their first name. I didn't know their first name. Everyone above me was an aunt or uncle. And everyone above them was grandma and grandpa. And they fed us like they were our parents. They let us crash their house like they were our aunties and uncles. They yelled at us, you know, like we were their kids. It was a full, um, it was this community who had lost their family but found it again in this immigrant church. And I think about what, what that looks like in our context. That what it doesn't mean for our greatest gift to one another, not to be our our service to the church, leading worship or preaching, doing AV or children, not to be um, our personalities or our hobbies, but that your greatest gift here is to be a sister. Your greatest gift here is to be a grandma. Your greatest gift here is to be a mother. And to look at the people around you, not as strangers or whether they could be your friend or not, but as family. And to share your life with them in that way. That's God's calling to us. And that's how he calls us to be with one another. That we're not, we're not just uh, looking for a social club. That we're a part of the family of God. Alongside of that is James chapter 1 verse 27. So the first invitation is how do we see this church and the people around us as family. I think about our all church retreat. And that's one of the easiest ways to feel like family. Spend three days together sharing meals. Sleeping in the same location. The way we're conducting our small groups is across life stages. So that we continue to foster and build relationships uh, above us and younger than us. Our, our women's team is doing an event soon. I hope that, and every Sunday, I hope there's an opportunity to look around and to uh, care for each other across life stages. And, I, and as we become family in that way, I think that's actually also the way in which we serve the world around us in the most powerfully. Is that as we become family, we become family to the people in, our, in the city. Uh, adopting people in. Letting people know that there's a home here that God's created. So in James chapter 1, verse 27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and window, widows in their distress, to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. How are we to 
uh, experience and express our religion in the most pure way is to look at people who need family. And not simply to give to them, but to gift family to them. That's the most powerful way we can look for, uh, care for an orphan, is to become family for them. That's the most powerful way we can serve a widow, is to become an extended family to them. To say that you can find family with us here. One of the most tangible expressions of that, um, besides the immigrant church I got to grow up in, is Royal Family Kids Camp. And so this is a camp that our church helps leads once a year for kids who are in the foster system. We're able to serve about 50 of them. And the year I went, I shared a story about Zach, my, one of the first campers that I had. And I thought about um, all the ways that our camp got to be family with him. And that's really the vision of the camp is to be a big family for these kids that are in foster care. And so there's all these college students uh, who are like their older brothers and sisters. It's like, oh, my gosh, you are a kid, but you're bigger and stronger. I want to be just like you. And the college kids and the youth are there to just play really hard with these kids, to run after them, to play tag, to play basketball. And they love, they love that, like, older brother and sister feel. I remember Zach loving the older sisters and having crushes on them, too. But every time they give him attention and hugs, he would just light up. It was definitely the best part of camp for him. But then we also have aunties and uncles and, like, father and mother figures who are about their parents' age. And there's this sense of, like, speaking into this child's life, speaking identity to them, nurturing them as a mother, caring for them, making them feel safe as a father, that these kids just kind of um, sit back and, and they feel at home there because of the mothers and fathers. Because it's not just another summer camp with college students that are underpaid and all these kids. There were uncles and aunties all around them speaking into them. And then there was also grandpas and grandmas that were at the camp. And each kid had a time to sit with their grandpa and grandma, eat a dessert, and hear a life lesson from them. And I remember the way Zach would, like, sit up straight and be super courteous to his camp grandpa and grandma and listen attentively. I'm like, wow, I've never seen you listen so well in camp until this moment. And it was all wrapped around us loving Jesus together, singing worship songs, hearing Bible stories, and finding him. And so I have this video of our camp, about uh, six minutes, and so many of our people were, here, were there last year together. And I'll narrate a little bit through, but let's just watch this video together. And I hope that this would be, in some ways, a clearer picture of church than even our Sunday service. Um, a, a people across life stages, ethnicities, and genders becoming family under God for uh, those who have been orphaned. So one of the most exciting times of seeing the bus pull in, everyone has um, their kids' name tags written out in the cheering tunnel. Lots of screaming. And then the first thing we do is to go find our cabin, and that becomes our little uh, mini family for the week. And then we have all these experiences of shooting, of uh, playing Legos, of going swimming, biking. And these are things that a lot of these kids haven't had the opportunity to participate in. They're carrying so much in their life, uh, trauma, being left. And here they just get to find a space to be kids.
it's amazing that we get to have Bible stories and times of prayer for them as well. We do a polar swim where we throw a bunch of ice into the water for no reason and um, swim at like 6 a.m. when it's super cold. Some of them are learning to swim and bike for the first time uh, at camp. So all the girls have this time where they get pedicures, manicures, but then they are discipled really by uh, these teenagers, these college students, teaching them how to become women, uh, having value, and um, being a daughter of God. And so there's just that same gender investment. Uh, some of these counselors were in the foster system themselves and have a way of just kind of sharing that story with these younger kids. So it's amazing to see them come through the camp and then serve at the camp. This is everyone's birthday. <clears throat> a lot of them don't have their birthday celebrated, and so we, we throw a massive party. And it's an easy way for you to get involved. You could buy gifts. You could come just for that day as well. All right, so Matt and Deanna will be outside after service. If you want to get involved, there's a lot of different ways uh, to do that. You could go to camp for a week. You could mentor them on a monthly basis. You could go for a day and help with everyone's birthday. Uh, you could give financially. But I wanted to share Don's story. At the very end, he was talking to those kids. Uh, he's in his 80s. He had gone to camp for 15 years. And one day, Amy, one of our directors, see him pull in front of the office of OC United. And he's coming out in a walker, and someone's helping him up the stairs. And he tells Amy, and he used to dance. So she was surprised to see him struggling to walk. And he told her, I just got a stroke a few months ago, um, but I'm still going to camp. <laughs> And she's like, you're really going to need a doctor clearance for it. And he somehow paid a doctor to get cleared. <laughs> I don't know. And I see him at camp, and, and, and there's just this conviction as he was sharing at the devotional and as he was loving on these kids that these kids also need a grandpa. These kids also need a grandpa. They need a grandpa too. And I'm going to be there. And I just wonder what it's like for us to really be family here so that we can be family out there. It's hard to understand that from an OC culture where, where our family is really this really small, tight unit that's supposed to be self-sufficient and perfect. But like the immigrants got it because they had to leave their family to be here. The, the orphans get it. And if you've experienced brokenness in your family, you get it too. That God's family is a refuge and a call and a place to uh, be redeemed and restored in, in relationship. And those are the first people he calls, isn't it? He calls people who are broken. He calls people who are weeping. He calls people who feel the fractures of family in this life into a new family. But he calls all of us into that as well. And then he calls us to be that to the people around us. I don't think there's anything more powerful uh, that we can be as a church community than family. And I don't think there's a greater gift that we could gift each other than family. And I don't think there's a greater way we could impact the world than to be family. 
Father, thank you so much uh, for the ways that you have created this space and this community, how you've defined it in the most intimate and committed way. And it's intimidating. It's so much easier for church to be a Sunday block. It's so much easier for church to be um, a few people that we hang out with and go to service with. But I pray, Lord, that as we look around the room, across life stages, ethnicities, um, and genders, we would truly see family around us. Because you're our Father. You love us. Jesus, you died for us. That we were family before we met because you adopted us into your kingdom. But Lord, in this space, we get to live it out, loving and caring for each other, uh, welcoming each other into a home, and then extending that home to others. Teach us to do that well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're really grateful that you'd spend time listening to this sermon series. And we also wanted to point you to a few other resources. My wife and I wrote a children's book collection helping kids bridge their faith with God's calling in their life as a businessman, as a doctor, a nurse, and as a creative. Secondly, we wrote an adulting journal, which helps young adults think through this transition into adulthood, whether it's transitions in friendship, family, faith, or calling. And lastly, I want to point to a podcast that myself and another church member, Roy Kim, who's a therapist, co-host together. It's called The Same Boat. We talk about relationships. We just finished um, a series on dating. We think back to an English ministry church, and we just tackle all kinds of topics that are relevant to our life. I hope that uh, those resources enrich your life as well. And lastly, if you're looking to partner with us, on our website, we have a give section. You can give to our general fund and continue to serve our church through, um, through partnering with us financially. But if you scroll down, we have quite a few local missionaries that have called Renew Home. If you read their bio, there's also a section to give to each one of our local missionaries. We hope that all of them would be fully funded going into this year. God bless you. Thanks so much for being with us. And uh, hope to hear, hope to uh, have you join us again.